Hey, this is Pastor Allen. I'm the lead pastor here at First Baptist Church of Naples, and we are so happy that you have chosen to join us as we go through God's Word together. God's doing some amazing things here, and we pray that God's Word will transform you from the inside out. Our mission here is to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ of all peoples. And our hope is, is that you are being a disciple that makes disciples. Now, if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to join us either in person or continuing online as we go into God's Word together every week. But if you are a member of another church, we don't want this to be in any way, shape, form, or fashion a substitute for you being connected to your local body. So our prayer is, is that God uses His Word to change you and to change others. So we pray that God will use you and this message for His glory. Have a great day. John chapter 19 is where we'll be looking this evening, John 19, verse 28. The Bible says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scriptures, I thirst. A jar of, full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, will you say these three words with me? It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. See, all that had happened since the moment that Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, all that has happened for centuries found its culmination in the words said by Jesus. It is finished. Those three words changed everything. Those three words are what makes Good Friday good. So let's ask three questions about those three words. The first question we want to ask is, what is finished? The, the word here, it is finished, is three words in English, one word in Greek. The Greek word is tetelestai, which basically in that day was a, a word that was used all the time, especially in transactions. It was a word that said that an agreement, a contract, was fully and finally completed. If it was a financial transaction, it would be paid in full. And in the Greco-Roman world, world, it was a happy word. In our day, it is a happy word. Have you ever paid off a car? That's when they start breaking down, by the way. Have you ever paid off a mortgage? Amen. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He didn't say, you're finished. On the cross, he says, it is finished because he dealt fully and finally with the biggest problem that all of us have. The world's biggest problem is sin. And Jesus's words were not merely a statement. Jesus's words were an achievement. Jesus's words on the cross were the final words of redemption. Jesus said in John 17, four, I have finished the work that you've given me. See, that great problem, sin, is a situation in which all of us find ourselves involved in. We're all sinners by nature. We're born that way. And we choose to act that way. And because of this universal condition, we have all incurred a debt to God that we can never repay. See, sin is a debt that we cannot repay because the one to whom we owe the debt to is perfect. 
Any and all payments that we try to render to him don't even pay the interest on the loan that we have incurred. And when we try to live a life to please him and meet his standards, we always fall short of his glory because he is infinitely holy. And one sin against an infinitely holy God is infinitely bad. And so therefore, because God is infinitely holy, he doesn't change. He doesn't grade on the curve. He didn't and does not change his rules. His standard is absolute perfection. And, and if you're in this room, maybe some of you struggle with perfectionism, even in your struggle or your pursuit of perfectionism, in your pursuit of perfectionism, you will never reach the perfectionism of God. See, God does not let down on his standard. And it does not matter how good we are or how hard we try, we will not reach his standard because we fall short and close enough is not good enough. Almost is not the same as completely. As a great theologian, Ricky Bobby said, <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. It would be like, we decided as soon as the service was over to go to Loudermilk Beach and stand there and look towards the sunset and, and say to one another, we're going to jump to Mexico. And so you try taking off and, and we got some of these young track kids and they'll, they're, they're these long jumpers and, and you can run as fast as you want and you're just going to get wet. Well, is completely impossible as it would be to jump from Loudermilk Beach to Mexico City, Mexico, it's even more infinitely impossible would it be for you in your sinful condition to get to a holy God, but yet Jesus lived the perfect life. He did what was impossible and he makes the impossible possible because he fulfilled all the law's demands and paid in full a debt that we owe to God that we can never repay. And because Jesus paid it all, there's nothing left for me to pay. What is finished? Sin is finished. How is it finished? And Jesus said, it's finished. He bowed his head. He gave up his spirit. How is it finished? Because he died. Jesus' death was ultimately how my sin can be paid for. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Ezekiel says that the soul that sins, it dies because we owe a debt. The only way to pay the debt that we couldn't really pay would be our eternal death. See, if the penalty for sin is death and all of us have sinned, but none of us can pay the debt, then how can God pay for a debt if God cannot die? How does the bill get paid? If the currency is death and God can't die and our death isn't good enough, how can God solve this dilemma? God became a man so that he could be vulnerable and he could be killable. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And in Jesus Christ, we have the one and only Son of God. God saw that our debt and our problem was something that we could not fix, and he came to the world through Jesus to fix what we could not fix. And he paid the debt on the cross with his blood. He died. And so when he cried, it is finished, he was saying, it is full. Dr. Tony Evans says that on the cross, God took the penalty so he could love the sinner, pay for their sin, satisfy his wrath so that he could express his love without compromising his holiness and perfection. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin 
so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is what theologians call the great exchange, that on the cross two things happened. This is why we're so excited tonight. On the cross, Jesus paid the price for our sins through his death. That's the first thing that happened. The second thing that happened is that the perfect sinless life of Jesus is credited into our accounts. We are not only without a debt, but we have a surplus of holiness and perfection that will last for all eternity. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said that all the love and acceptance with perfect obedience, which perfect obedience could have obtained of God, belonged to you because Christ was perfectly obedient on your behalf. How do we know it's finished? It's a good question. We'll find out on Sunday. How do we know that this believing in Jesus is, is really true? What's the receipt that the payment has been made in full? The resurrection of Jesus from the dead. See, a dead Savior is no one Savior, but a living Savior is proof that salvation has come and it's paid in full. See, a resurrection without a crucifixion doesn't make sense. And a crucifixion without a resurrection doesn't bring salvation. But Jesus was both crucified, buried, and rose from the dead. So here's the last question. When is it finished? Well, Jesus didn't say it will be finished. He didn't say it's close to being finished. He said it is finished. That is, it's a present reality. Our debt is paid in full. Jesus didn't say on the cross, let's get it started. He said, it's finished. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter eight, verse one, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He didn't say there is someday. He says there is therefore now. Jesus' obedience is so spectacular that there's nothing we could add to it. And his death is so final, there's nothing that can take away from it. See, if you are in Christ by faith, you are righteous, not because of your works, but because of Christ's works on your behalf. I don't know how many times I meet people, people who call themselves believers and live in a constant chronic state of worry. I don't know how many times I've counseled with couples or individuals and say that I hear these similar words. I'm just not good enough. I'll never measure up. I'm unforgivable. I'm unlovable. I'm unsavable. Even heard someone say, today I'm unredeemable. And what we have is this mentality that we work and then we worry and then we worry and we work trying to pay a debt that Jesus has already paid for with his blood. Could you imagine paying off a car, sending your final payment in, and then the next month you send another payment in to that same car company? And saying on the tagline, you know, I felt really bad this week. I felt really in my heart that I need to do a little bit more. So here's another check. How many of y'all would do that? Be preposterous. And if you got that kind of money to throw away, I have a nonprofit called Three Starving Kids. Salvation is a gift that is given, not a reward that is earned. And Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. 
And when our faith is fading fast, as we sang a moment ago, he'll hold us fast. See, we must constantly remind ourselves that because Jesus was good enough, I am good enough in him. That my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest thing, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. It's finished now. If you are in Christ, there's nothing you could do that would make God love you more than he loves you now. And if you are in Christ, there's nothing you can do that make God loves you, love you any less than he loves you now in Christ. Why? Because it is finished. And because it is finished, I don't have to worry anymore. Let, let me end with this. A story I heard a few days ago about a dad who was driving down the road on the interstate, on Interstate 75, and he had a little girl in the back seat. It's his daughter. And all of a sudden, as he's driving, she just starts screaming. Any, any parent in the room ever experienced that? <laughs> it's kind of like the guy that got pulled over doing 100 miles an hour. And the cop said, why are you driving so fast? He said, well, my kids are back here, and I was trying to get away from them. <laughs> shouldn't have said that one, but anyway. This girl starts screaming, Daddy, Daddy, there's a bee. He's driving down the road. She's terrified of the bee, but here's something else. She is deathly allergic to bees. So the dad rolls down the window, does what every other dad would do while he's driving. Rolls down the windows and tries to shoo the bee out while continuing to drive. It doesn't work. Dad's now panicking. He is frantic. He pulls over on the side of the road, gets out of the car, jumps into the back seat, finds the bee, and puts the bee in the corner. And finally, right there on the, win the window, he, he put his hand against the window and the glass. And after a moment... He pulled his hand back and the bee flew away. Little girl saw that bee fly away. She said, Daddy, Daddy, the bee, the bee. And Daddy, the, the, the dad said to the daughter, he said, Sweetheart, that bee can't hurt you anymore. And he opened up his palm and showed the stinger of the bee lodged in the palm of his hand. See, on the cross, Jesus took the stinger of sin and death, hell, and the grave into his hands so there is nothing to fear anymore. So hear the words of Jesus over your life. When I'm tempted to doubt God's love for me, I must remember, it is finished. When I'm worried that God won't forgive me, I must remember, it is finished. When I'm afraid that I am not good enough, I must remember, it is finished. When I'm going through the most incredible suffering in this life, I must remember, it is finished. 
And when I'm about to die and am fearful for my future, I must remember it is finished. And every day of our lives, we must read the words of Jesus over them and say, it is finished. My question to you this evening, what are you trusting in? Are you trusting in your works and your goodness? Or are you trusting in the finished works of Jesus on the cross? And if you're here this evening and you're like that little girl, you are screaming, you are scared to death. Would you tonight put your faith in God the Father who put out his hand through God the Son and took the sting of death from your life so that by trusting in Jesus, you never have to be afraid anymore? Would you bow with me? Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those who are listening in this room or in our overflow room, that God, if there's any of them that doesn't personally know you as Savior, that God would today be the day of their salvation. And so if you're here in this room and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, in this moment, maybe you can call out to him. Maybe you could pray something like this. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my sins and save me. Whatever words you need to say, would you just in this moment, in the quietness of your heart, would you pray that? Father, I ask that you would call sinners to yourself. God, you would save those in this room who desperately need a relationship with you. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us as we go through God's word together. I pray again that God will transform you from the inside out. So as we say here at first, you have come to church, go out and be the church, have a great week of worship. We can't wait to see you soon.